Hello, everyone. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. In this podcast, I interview people who work for resorts, hotels, cruise ships, airlines, and we'll talk about their first season in the travel and tourism industry. My guests today and I worked together in Clubman Paradise Island in the 2002-2003 season. His first season was in Sonora Bay, Mexico, as a sound engineer. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from Coney Island, but now living in Sin City, Las Vegas, give it up for Mr. Ian Seidenberg. Ian, how are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please, All please right. hold, hold your applause. Hold okay. your applause. <laughs> I, I want to, but it'll, it, yeah, I want to applause, but you know it'll wreck the audio if I do. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on my hands. But trust me, I'm applauding inside. Okay. So everything okay there? How's the weather there? Uh, Ninety, sunny. I'm guessing. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, it's about. Uh, I would say Fahrenheit today be about eighty-eight. Sunny, hot. Uh, you know, that hurts because yeah. I'm calling from Montreal. But you're probably the guy I know most famous from being from Coney Island. You love Coney Island. So do you miss it a lot? I miss the culture. You know, okay. I, I honestly don't miss. You know, I've been out of New York City for 20 years already. So I actually don't miss living there. But I miss the culture. I miss the people. Uh, there's certain aspects, especially coming from Coney Island. Uh, I, I do definitely miss certain aspects of it. So have you ever uh, ridden the Cyclone and had a Nathan's hot dog in the same day? Oh, oh I, more times than I can ever count. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, know, one of, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time was filmed in Coney Island or around Coney Island was The Warriors. I think I might have told you ah, that. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Love that movie. Whew. All right. So so it's now that we know where you're from, I'd like to. I'd like for you to take us back in time, you know, before Club Med. So what were you, we guess we, I guess I know we were, you were living in Coney Island, but what were you doing? Were you working? Were you going to school? And uh, how did you find out about Club Med orig- uh, initially? That, that's a great question. It brings back lots of memories. So I was actually working in Manhattan, uh, in New York City. I was working for a media company. I graduated from university in 2000. So I was working for a little less than a year. And I found this on monster.com, I think it was. That's when the first uh, job boards came out on the internet. And it said, audio engineer club men. And I was, you know, looking for another position. And I had Never really heard of Club Med. I've seen a couple billboards like in New York City that, that said Club Med that had people in bathing suits and bikinis. And so I just applied. I said, all right, what, what the hell? Let me apply. Didn't hear back for a while. And then all of a sudden I get a call from a recruiter said, hey, we want to meet you at a diner in New Jersey to interview you. Sure. So I went to this interview, met with a, I guess now an XGO that interviewed me, this person uh, knew nothing about audio engineer, knew nothing about what I applied for, but knew everything about being a GO. And the interview went well. I had a written interview in this diner while eating a cheeseburger. And next thing they called me and they said, Ian, we want you to come down to Florida for training for a couple weeks. All right. Can I back you up just a sec? So was your degree in, I guess, one of those like sound engineer or engineering colleges or? or so I actually, I went, went to a full-time university, uh, one of the largest private universities in the United States, but my major- Are you, are you allowed to Bro- say which one? Oh yeah, absolutely. I went to Long Island University. Okay. It's actually, I believe well, at the time it was one of the top 10 private, uh, one of the top 10 largest private institutions in the United States. Okay. Uh, they had seven, eight campuses. So I, I actually majored in broadcast production. So I was a TV and radio production. So 
sound was part of what I studied. Okay, so now when they call you to tell you where you're going, was was it Sonora Bay? Like, I know you went to Sandpiper for training. So did they tell you at Sandpiper you're going to Sonora? Yeah, so I went down to Sandpiper for about a month uh, for training. Uh, that's when, uh, you know, they had the, the trainings and I, I sat in a classroom for half a day and then they, you know, put us to work and we did everything for about a month. And then one night, the guy that was leading the training said, Ian, you're going to Mexico. I was like, sweet, where? He's like, Sonora Bay. I'm like, I've never heard of it, but I'm excited. <laughs> how, how, how many were you in this uh, class for training? Do you remember? Uh, there was five of us. And are we in 2001 right now? This is early 2001. Okay. So when did you, uh, what month did you start at uh, Sonora Bay, like April, May? I started Sonora Bay in June. June. Okay. So just in time for summer. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So, you know, uh, so I went to Sonora Bay on vacation, but if, you know, it's a pretty beautiful village. Are you able to describe it to the listeners that have never, never been there? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. It's still fresh in my mind. It, it really is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. It, it's actually one of the few places that's surrounded by a body of water, the desert, and the mountain, and it's magical. The water uh, is on the Sea of Cortez. It's crystal blue water. The mountains was uh, just beautiful. The desert, I mean, I hate to say that the desert is beautiful, but that desert was just beautiful. And the, the just the images standing there in the, in the fresh, uh, I wouldn't say ocean air, but the sea air, it really is just a magical place. Yeah, it's perfect description. That's that's how I would have described it. Uh, absolutely beautiful club club that are surrounded by the mountains. You're absolutely right. Well done. Well done. When you're doing this interview uh, with the former Geo, did so? Did she, I guess she filled you in on the hours? And I guess uh, I know. I, I was she and she explained the best that I that she could, but I really didn't get the full effect until my first week of training in Sandpiper, whereas we did our job or did the training, uh, let's say from nine to five, and then we met up for dinner. And then we'd go hang out in the theater, in the, in the, the sound cabin with the lights and sound, or we hang out with the costume designer backstage because um, I was training for part of the entertainment team. And that's when I really saw, I was like, man, this is a lot of hours. This is a lot of work. But I'm used, I was used to that, honestly, coming from New York City and doing my job beforehand. It wasn't really a nine to five job anyway. So I was kind of used to it, but it was still kind of a shock to see how much work these geos actually put in. Had you ever gone to a resort vacation before? It doesn't have to be Club Med, but did you ever go while you were growing up? Never, never. I'd never been on a cruise. Never been to a resort vacation before I stepped foot and, in Club Ed. And in the, um, so in the resort itself in 2001, you would have probably had a day off then, right? Because I think day off started in 99. So did, did you get it? Yeah, day so it was one day off, yes. Okay, so did you, were you aware before that, that there were no day offs? I guess you would have heard that from other GOs, right? I, I, I heard it when I got onto the property. Okay. Uh, <laughs> like from the GOs, you know, from the, I guess uh, the older GOs, yeah, yeah. the one day off, like, oh, back then we used to work with no oxygen, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but no, it's, <laughs> it, it, it was so great to hear those stories. Yeah. It really was. Uh, I found it fascinating. Yeah. All they gave uh, us was uh, mayonnaise sandwiches and without the bread. Yeah. yeah I know. I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, we like to brag about how how tough we had it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you uh, did you meet your chief of village within the first day there? Or do you recall who was the uh, manager, or chief of village? Uh, the chief of village at Sandpiper was uh, Oreo Osmani at okay. the time. And then at Sonora, who was it? At Sonora, it was Gus. Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. You got lucky there for a first, uh, first season yes. to have a chief like that. Cause I, I worked with I mean, Gus in 97 in uh, Playa Blanca. So um, we're talking about the same Gus, Australian guy, right? Yes. Plays a violin. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You, got, you got lucky. All right. Good. So you were probably pretty content to just remain as a sound engineer. You didn't want to change your job in those first weeks, right? You're like, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, no, it was so much fun uh, from the training. And then even when I got to Sonora Bay, they were, everyone was just so, welcoming you know i got to snore bay they called me mr new york um, <laughs> like, i was like my first day i introduced myself and i said hello my name is ian seidenberg i'm, I'm from new york city you know i did training in sandpiper for a month and i'm here and then they come out yeah mr new york and that's what i was I, they called me for my first week i'm like all right that's cool so then were you still happy when you found out how, how they looked at New Yorkers? <laughs> because New Yorker, New York charters, yeah, they're, you know, it, like, like, like Parisian guests, you know, New Yorkers have their own flair, right? I guess you could say. So I guess they, when you said that, they probably put you on every New York arrival there is, right? Oh, they put me everywhere. I mean, it was, <laughs> they're like, oh, New York's coming. Right, Ian, let's go. Yeah, we need it. We need a translator, Ian. Okay. <laughs> I speak New York. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause I was going to ask you. So, okay. I kind of, I'm kind of happy now because we're going to get to your nickname or what I, what I, who gave you your nickname in paradise Island. We won't, we won't mention that yet. So I, I kind of like that. Uh, your nicknames got better. Okay. <laughs> yes, they did. So did you experience any kind of, I mean, being from New York city or working in Manhattan, did you have any kind of culture shock when you got to Sonora Bay at all? Like, um, I don't know. It was a little bit. It was, um, luckily there was a, uh, one of the chefs that I worked with in Sandpiper who had been to Snore Bay, he kind of explained it to me. And so I was a little bit prepared to, to kind of understand the culture being, you know, it was my first time really on the West Coast of the Americas. So it, it was a little culture shock coming, coming from New York my first week, whereas the, the majority of the GMs were from California, Arizona, and from France because they had the charter coming directly from Paris. That's right. Yeah. And, and so it was all very laid back. And it's me, New York, go, 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 go. And all these guests are laid back and chill. And well, wait, wait, hold on now. Hold on now. I, I'd agree with the first four states you mentioned, but uh, the Parisians <laughs> were laid back in Sorabic. Um, was it because, you know, Mexico in itself is like, you know, relaxing, you know, manana or it might have been the tequila that they gave him right off of uh, the, <laughs> okay. the, the, the plane. <laughs> and, yeah, and I say that with affection, okay, because you know I love my Parisian GMs, but I, yes. I, I don't think I'd ever describe them as laid back, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the overall feel. How about that? Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, because there is something calming. Uh, I, I'd only been there on vacation, but yeah, I mean there was there was something laid back about the entire resort there for sure, you know. And so you, it was, it was de- like, it was definitely a culture shock, but I have to tell you the, the, the GOs and even the GMs that knew it was like my first week there. Uh, I mean, it really was so magical. Everyone was so welcoming and helped me along the way. And I had a great roommate and just the people that I had a great team and Gus, the, the chief of village was so welcoming and any questions I had, he was right there to answer. So I would say after a, a after a good week or two, 
I felt like that was my home. And I, and being the sound engineer, you did not have to do the shows or late rehearsal. But if I recall, didn't you like doing like numbers on stage, right? You like doing the, especially the comedy ones, right? Maybe not. Oh dancing. yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. And I was a learning experience to learn what the, what the shows were. So although my first you know season, I was just really just strictly a sound engineer. Even the rehearsals, I would be there for the rehearsals and either running sound for a choreographer or just being there just to learn and just see what the entertainment culture was about. I really immersed myself in it. So you had a good animation team, I'm guessing, from that? Uh... Yes. Um, I mean, it helped that we had Gus's sister as a choreographer. So having that uh, backing of the chief of village was great. Oh, really? Uh, we... His sister was choreographer? Sister Alex, yes. Oh, I didn't know he had a sister. Okay. Wow. Okay, yeah. cool. And uh, his wife, I know, I think she did circus. Was there, there wasn't circus at Sonora, was there? There wasn't circus. She was excursions, maybe. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't really remember. So did I he? Mean, she was there. Did he they, they got married. They got married that season. Oh, they did? On the beach? Yeah. On the beach, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nice when you're, when you're actually there for a, a wedding. Uh, you know, my first season also, the chief of village got married on the beach. So it's a pretty special time uh, if you think about it, because it doesn't happen often. Uh, right. Yeah. So his sister was choreographer. So did Gus, did he do any of the, uh, because I know him as a, you know, animator extraordinaire. Did he do any passages or no, he left that to the actual animator? Uh, no, he did all, he did a lot of them. Okay. He was, he was very involved. Okay. Um, he did, he was, he did a lot of the shows and actually he played his violin, um, which we had that connection being a sound engineer who's very particular with his sound, especially for his violin. So we actually worked hand in hand really close together when I arrived. And but no, he did a lot of passages. He did a lot of the shows. He was very involved with the entertainment. Did you have time? I know you guys are pretty busy. Did you have time to learn any new skills while you're there or a sport that you never tried? Did you go scuba diving with the seals? Uh, did you have horseback riding? did. So yes, 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 and yes, and yes. Oh, wow. I, okay. I, I learned how to scuba dive. Uh, I, I went scuba diving with the seals to Seal Island, mm -hmm. um, which was, oh, man, I was the first time I went there. It was so freaky because the headmaster or the scuba master was bald. And I, I, I referenced that because the seals would come so close up to us and they would like play with us. And one seal kind of bit his head when I was there, but kind of like just nibbled at it. it was like just playing around. And like the scuba master didn't panic and he was just like almost like rubbing its tummy, you know, it was like. So weird, but amazing at the same time. Yeah, that's probably the highlight of all my dives. Is And like I said, they come like straight at you at 30 miles an hour and they turn on a dime because they think that's funny, right? You know, <laughs> right. and they, they eat, they come right face to face and they eat their air bubbles. Yeah. And you're really like an inch away from them. And it, oh, it was amazing. Yeah, they're chewing, they're chewing on your snorkel. And, <laughs> and then the big, uh, the big mom drops in the water. All you hear is kagoosh. And she's yeah. like, okay, maybe that's a little too close. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I learned how to scuba dive. I learned how to horseback ride. Uh, now, we now had the you, at the end of the run, did you go through the, the maze of cacti there that they had? Like she's she swishing through them. Do they still do that there? Yeah. So we there was a few different rides that they offered. Uh, one favorite of mine was the tequila ride, where we would go <laughs> Say no more. through the desert. <laughs> you had me at tequila. Okay. <laughs> Were there any horses there, Ian, or was it just tequila? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> 
No, there was, there was, there was <laughs> okay. There were horses. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Praise, man. This is bringing back so many memories. <laughs> when do we get to paradise? Okay. Um, okay. So I guess you do, uh, you probably did this at sunset. I'm guessing the tequila one or. Yeah. So to, like, like I mentioned, so you would go through, you would take the horse or the horse would take you through the desert, through the cactus, and then you would actually go to one of the neighbor, neighboring resorts. You would have happy hour there. And then you would take the horse on the beach. And depending if you wanted to, the horse would go in the water. Um, so re- it was such a fun ride. And the, the guests really enjoyed it because you, you were able to go horse riding and do all the scenery that was out there. Well, apart from the, uh, you know, the seal dive and, and, you know, horseback riding did you have any like funny clean appropriate stories or experiences like anything not so happen doesn't have to be funny but do you have any uh i don't know some kind of story that happened there your first season you'd like to share oh uh, that happened during 9-11 not really funny or you know but we were we were in in snora bay during 9-11 so that was an interesting time and but i have to say being from new york and there was two other geos from new york there the love that i got from the GOs and the GMs. I mean, they just surrounded us and they were just amazing to be around. I don't think I would have gotten through that if it wasn't for them. And I, I don't want to bring this podcast down, but I do want to, I, I think I should mention that. But, oh, you know, we were, we, no, you know, it, it just being there as much as it hurt, it, it helped me being there because of the love that I received. Oh, that's, that's very, very nice to hear. I, I was in Turkey myself, but uh, yeah, but you being from New York and, and Mexico, uh, yeah, that, uh, no, that's very, that's very comforting to know. I, I was going to bring it up to ask yeah. you because that was the right time. <laughs> that was the right time period as you probably yeah. stayed in Sonora until uh, I'm guessing October, November. I stayed, I, I closed it. I was actually the last, one of the last geos there because as you're aware, this, this Sonora Bay closed after that and I helped close that place up. So I actually left there October 31st on Halloween. I left Sonora Bay. It closed for good, right? At the time it wasn't, but then they sold it. But so yeah, it, it, it basically after my season, it shut down. But another story, there was, we had like a, a mini hurricane. Okay, good. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, good. <laughs> I love hurricane stories. Yes, yeah, so we had like a, a, a really bad tropical storm, mini hurricane that uh, the, the um, not scuba boat, but the water ski boat, it was docked in the, out in the sea. And if you remember, Snor Bay had the mini the, the, the lagoon in the middle of the resort. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the boat ended up across the resort into the into the lagoon the next day. Okay. Don't know how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say, I'm sure it was, but it was it was really windy. It was, it was a crazy storm, uh, trees everywhere. It was kind of a crazy time uh, being in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. You know, not having all the uh, the resources per se having near you. So we definitely went through a, a weird time during that, uh, during that hurricane, Being but from- definitely the highlight was seeing that, seeing the uh, water ski boat in the middle of the resort. <laughs> yeah. I probably thought it was a couple of pranksters, right? <laughs> <laughs> Being from New York, like, so when you, when you got there, so I guess you were aware that you had to eat meals with the guests three times a day. So were you shy or introverted at first or it was like, ah, this is no problem. I can talk to anybody. So uh, being from New York, I was not introverted, but I had to 
it took me a little bit to be really comfortable to sit down with, with guests and guests from all over the world where I would go to a table and say, hey, mind if I sit down? And they didn't speak English. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, do you mind if I sit down with you guys? And they don't look at me. And then it took me a couple of times like, oh, you don't speak English. So then, uh, you know, that, so it was a little bit of a culture shock. But again, being from New York and I wasn't, I was an, I have always been an extroverted person. I adjusted really quickly. Okay. So yeah. So like anything you got, you got used to it, right? I did. And it was actually one of the best times I've ever had in Club Med in all my years was that, you know, eating those meals with those guests. Do you ever get used to crazy signs? I still do them. Get out. Are you one of those sound engineers that left the cabin and let the lighting guy take over while you danced on stage? Are you one of those guys? Uh, it, it depends where it were. No, it, it depends okay. where we were. Like if we did crazy signs out by the pool, I'd sometimes go down there. I enjoyed them. I really did. What were your favorite ones? My One of my oh, favorites. Okay. One of the favorite ones was actually ones we, we did in Paradise Island was uh, the Apache one that me and the other sound guy I wouldn't say we created, but we kind of started it. That, the gala, the Australian song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a Free From Desires. Actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. The name of the song. Yeah. That one, Muevalo, uh, yes, the Spanish Muevalo. one. Yes. That's a key. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's a lot of them. Muevalo is in a lot of people's top three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never hear the Bun Franquette, but you always hear Muevalo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, those, uh, I think those are my favorite. Besides uh, Gus, were there any other employees or managers who stood out to you? Like they made a good impression on you? They, I mean, they, they didn't have to be a chief of service or anything, but uh, or any regular geos? That I'm talking just to? like my, my first season or yes. Sonora yeah. Bay? Or? Uh, no, yeah, first season Sonora, yes. Okay, yeah, there was a sport geo, Vlad, who I you know, became really good friends with my, my roommate, uh, that who's actually the nurse, Sean. Uh, we got along really, really well, and we kind of hung out a lot. Uh, there's one water ski geo, Brian Davidson. Me and him actually became like almost like best friends. You know, we we still are in contact till today. Um, so yeah, those those are a few few geo. I mean, there was it was such a great team. Uh, but those are a few few off the top of my head that I you know kind of cling to. So when you close out the village, were you asked to like fill out a dream sheet for your second season? Or? No. So it was a weird time because it was it happened right after 9-11. So I was actually supposed to go to Playa Blanca with Gus because I was signed, ready to go. Gus wanted to take me as a sound engineer. Uh, but after 9-11, they restricted all the Americans uh, had to go. If you stayed, you had to go to Sandpiper. So I knew I was going uh, once they, they said that uh, and the visas and, you know, kind of almost like the travel ban after 9-11. I knew I was going to Sandpiper. And, that, and you did go there? I did. I went to Sandpiper. So what was it like working your first Christmas and New Year's there? Do you remember it? I, I do. Was it rough? It was, it, it was a little rough. Uh, there's a lot of very hectic, a lot of stuff happening. But we had a great chief of village. Um, it was Hammer. So actually, no, I apologize. No, it was Hammer. Because when I got back, it was Aurea, but Hammer came right after, right almost as soon as I got there. But it was just a lot. New Year's in, in the States and, New, and Christmas in the, in the holiday season in the States, especially in Sandpiper, this is a lot of stuff to do. But it was fun. We did everything. So how long did you stay in Sandpiper? Were you there two seasons? After Snore Bay, I went to Sandpiper for two seasons, yes. For okay. almost a full year. 
Okay, so I met you then, which would have been your like fourth season, I guess, at Paradise, like because we met near the end of around the end of two thousand two. So um... yes, it was my let's call it. I say my third because I did like I would say three and a half seasons if you include my time the training in Sandpiper and then Snar Bay. Um, it was kind of a little over a season. And then uh, I did a full two seasons in Sandpiper. So yeah, it would have been my fourth fourth season, yeah. Okay, so based on what you told me that Gus's sister was the choreographer at Sonora Bay and you arrived with, with <laughs> Two Paradise with someone, I'm guessing you met Gabby, your future wife in Sandpiper. Am I correct? You are correct. I met Gabrielle, uh, Gabby, Gabrielle in Sandpiper after I left Sonora Bay, correct. Was she the choreographer there? No. Oh, so she, she I'm, started... wait, I'm, I'm supposed to have her on. I'm wondering if we should divulge this. <laughs> she's, not gonna get, she's not gonna get mad, is she? <laughs> no. Okay. No, she, she, when I first met her, she was actually um, working at the front desk. Oh, really? Okay. And then she went from the front front desk to the planning. And then she, but she was kind of she was supposed to be a choreographer. And then when she got to Sandpiper, I think she got to Sandpiper right. Uh, after 9-11 as well. That was her first season. And she was supposed to be a choreographer, but they, they didn't have anything for her. So they put her in the front desk. So wait a minute. Then, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up. So if, okay. So it would have made sense if, because I always figured, I was always wondered how you two met. So if she was choreographer and you were sound engineer, that made sense. So how did you two, uh, I guess, get to know each other if she was at the front desk and you were the sound engineer? How did that happen? Or did, uh, she, or did she like just hit on you? I mean, how, how did it, how did it go? I, I think it's what it was. I think she, we'll just say she hit on me. Yeah, um, that's what I, I thought. <laughs> she, she's, she's not in the other room, is she? Okay. No, because <laughs> okay, we're, we're both dead. We're, we're both dead if she is. Okay. <laughs> no, I think it was just a, uh, you know, mutual attraction. Uh, I thought she was really cool, really pretty. Um, <laughs> I thought, she, you know, I'm assuming she thought I was cool too. So <laughs> well, yeah, you guys, you're one of, when I met you, you were one of those annoying couples that, you know, just like so good together, you know, and, um, but you're, you're, yeah, you're probably the most, the two that I remember the most from Paradise is you two, because, uh, you know, she's so nice, you're so nice. I mean, uh, you always took it like a good sport when I pretended to flirt with her in front of you, you know, you were, and, and you're probably my second guy crush, like straight guy, platonic guy crush <laughs> I, I've had. And, and it's, and it's funny because you know you know the first one and you live in the same city now so you, you, you know Nick Nick was my first um, <laughs> Nick, Nick I love Nick. and yep. then you were like yeah well, you were just so sweet and lovable always in a nice nice guy nice mood hell of a soccer player which by the way is where I gave you tell me what what idiot gave you the nickname the Coney Island striker please um, that would be you my friend oh that's right that was me I, okay that was, I never forget that I was like I think we were like on the beach we're playing beach soccer. Yeah, I had, and, the, I had the microphone, right? I think. Uh, yeah, and you were like, oh, it's Coney Island striker. And I'm like, dude, that name is awesome. Yeah, well, when I saw you, you know, dribbling the ball and whatnot, I'm like, holy wow, a kid can play. Jesus, uh, you're, you're pretty good, you know? Like, uh, you must have played a lot growing up then, I'm guessing. I did. I, I played my whole life. Yeah, no, it showed. Yeah. And I, I hadn't seen that because you're always in the sound sound cabin, right? So I never, you'd come out to play and then you know, here you were just whizzing around and, you know, breaking ankles and <laughs> <laughs> guys diving in the sand. I mean, yeah, yeah it was pretty cool seeing you play. Yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. Yeah, that nickname was, was great to have in Paradise Island. Was, I, like, was... I like Mr. New York, but I think Coney Island striker, there's only one Coney Island striker, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, 
There's a lot of geos from New York. Yeah, it's, it's only one Coney Island striker. Yeah, you can meet like three lunch boxes and 12 adrenalines, but nobody has a nickname that long and it fits, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, you get to paradise. This was like the winter seasons because we were there 2002, 2003. Yeah. So were you happy to be uh, in a place where you could actually go and watch a movie uh, and shop because Nassau was just what a little boat right away. Did uh, that appeal to you oh. or, or coming from Sandpiper? You were used to it already. <laughs> I'm used to it in Sandpiper, but what intrigued me when they said I was going to the Bahamas, I'm like, holy moly, like, I'm going to the Bahamas and, uh, you know, taking the plane and, and, and coming into and Paradise Island. And the name speaks for itself. I mean, it really was Paradise Island. You know, my eyes got so big the first time we drove up and uh, first time walking around the resort and, uh, I remember we got to the resort, Gab and I, towards the late afternoon, evening, and we said, uh, let's not go to a show. Let's just hang out. Let's just, you know, get an early rest. We got to get up early. But well, we decided to go watch a show. And uh, I'm glad we did because without even knowing the chief of village at the time, Angie, was like, oh, I want to welcome Ian and Gabrielle. And we're like, sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did she make it go on the mixer board right away or <laughs> go in there and play with those dials or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> Too much game. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, Paris Island, it really lived up. It really does live up to its, its name. Yeah. And of course we had the Atlantis Hotel and Casino next door, whether we were allowed or not allowed to go to, I don't remember anymore, but. Uh... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. Whether or not we were, I remember one time, there was a, a bunch of us. We went through the back of the aquarium and we got to the front and security was like, what are you guys doing? You're going the wrong way. We're like, oh, we're lost. Sorry. And uh, I think someone said we're from Club Med and they kind of not detained us, but they kept us there. And I think someone gave them like 50 bucks and they're like, all right, you guys can come in and out anytime you want. <laughs> Okay, that never happened to me, and I, I was always going to check out that aquarium if I had some time because it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was great to, to to go right across the street. Yeah, did you meet any uh, celebrities at all your, during your time in the Bahamas or Mexico or Sandpiper? Oh yeah, oh uh, we met. I met a lot. Who'd you um, meet? Uh, in uh, let's see, first time in Sandpiper, I had met a soccer, a professional soccer player that that I knew. I recognized him right away. Right away, he played professionally in England. Um, he's from the Ivory Coast. And so I met I met him in the Bahamas. Oh, and in Sampire met Paul Schaefer. Oh, really? From, uh, yeah. He oh, really? came with the, he performed with, uh, came down and. He performed? Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, he, wow. In, in the bar. So yeah, I did sound for him a bunch of times. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Your cool guy status just shut up for me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Schaefer Letterman fan. Oh wow! So so there was a piano in the bar at Sandpiper, organ or something? Uh, no, he, he uh, we we got him a keyboard. Really? Yeah. So was he supposed to perform there? Like, is he a club med artist, or he was just on vacation? No, he was just down there vacation, and he we wound up talking to him, and he saw a band there one night. He's like, "You guys got a keyboard?" I'm like, "Yeah, we'll get you one." Oh, yeah, he's wow. just jamming. Are you serious? Oh man, that's so cool. <laughs> I never I've never heard I've heard of almost every celebrity going to Club Med, but I've never heard that one. Wow. That is um yeah. So then in uh Paradise Island and in, in Snor Bay, no, I don't really remember any celebrities in in Snor Bay that if they did come, I don't remember. In Paradise Island, uh they were filming a movie. Uh so I met Woody Harrelson 
and Selma Hayek and That's Pierce right. Bronson. Yeah, that happened after, right after I left. Yes, they came over. And I think Woody came over to play soccer too, I heard. Yeah, uh, Woody yeah. came and, yeah, he came and joined us in soccer. Oh, wow. So that, that was happens cool. when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met uh, professional basketball player Tony Parker from, uh, um, from the San Antonio Spurs. And he That's had right. just won the NBA championship. Yep. And he, he came down with his uh, his uh, girlfriend or fiance at the time and his friends. That was kind of cool. I'm trying to think who else. Back in Sandpiper, met uh, Jim Brewer, the comedian. Oh, yeah. He came, he came down and performed. We met, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, with Screech from Saved by the Bell. Oh, Dustin Diamond was there, too. That Dustin Diamond came and performed. Yeah. Wow, man, you met quite a few. <laughs> More than me. <laughs> Oh, I'm so jealous about that Paul Schaefer one. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that was kind of cool. So after Paradise, where did you go? After Paradise, excuse me. I, after Paradise went, so I actually spent a little over two seasons in Sandpipe and uh, Paradise Island. I spent about 16 months in, in Paradise Island. Okay. Uh, and because we had, they had the, at the end of my second season, they had a three-month buyout from the, the French car company Renault. And uh, so they asked me to stay on to help with that program. Was Hendel the chief after Angie? I can't remember. Yes, yes. Hendel was chief of okay. village. Yep. That's right. So when did um, you wind up um, leaving Club Med? What year did you leave? I we, uh, 2006. 2000, and your last season was where? So after Paradise Island, I went back to Sandpiper. And I did five straight seasons in Sandpiper. Wow. Okay. And <laughs> yes. Going for the record, and, huh? Okay. <laughs> right. And uh, the the main reason why is and uh, is because Chief of Village would not let me go anywhere. Who was that? Kevin Bat. Ah, yes. <laughs> he he. Uh, Kevin did a lot for my for my career in Clubman. I, I do owe a lot to Kevin. Um, but I would ask him every season. So, all right, where am I going next? And he looked at me. He's like, "I, right, you're with me, buddy." <laughs> Yeah, I'm no, like no Indonesia for you. Nope. <laughs> I was like, um, I kind of want to travel, and he's like, eh, nope, you're my. Uh, he's like, you're gonna be my chief of animation, yeah. and uh, yep, seems you, like every season I kept getting promoted. <laughs> did you? Did you get promoted? I did. I my last uh, three. Uh, so I did five straight seasons of club and Sandpiper. The first season, I was kind of they created a job for me. I was kind of like technical manager. And then I was chief animation for three seasons and then became chief of sports my last season. You were chief of sports. My man. Nice. I was. Where did you go on? Uh, did they send you on stage or anything? I went not for chief of sports. I went to stage uh, for chief animation like a year after I was already chief animation. Um, I, I went First. to uh, France for three weeks. An opio? So I went to uh, to club to opio yeah. for uh, for three weeks for for stage yeah, for that's, the, that's where I did my chief of sports stage. So why didn't they give you a stage for chief of sports? I don't know. They, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> I, I really they it was Kevin was leaving. He was going to the corporate office, and there was a new uh, new chief of village was coming in. And Kevin's like, I was like, all right, where am I going? You're leaving. Where am I leaving? He said, well, you have two choices. You can go to uh, be chief animation in Crested Butte or chief of sports here. And I was like, all right, let's think about Crested Butte. And he's like, oh, no, I'll just keep you here. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. It's nice to have choices or options, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I didn't, I, I was like, you know, I, I was established. I was like, oh, it'd be something new for me, cheapest sports. So, but I wound up in those five seasons, I, I wound up going, opening up Crested Butte for, you know, the, helping Kevin out and helping the Chief of Village out. So I'd go there for uh, a couple weeks, then go close it and, Kevin sent me to another village. I went down to it was Cancun for a couple weeks to help out during my five seasons of Sandpiper. So considering all the uh, seasons you did, and here's the part of the show where I ask, uh, were any, do you consider your first season magical because uh, of the location of the people, the team, and and that it was your first season? Or do you uh, prescribe that word to a, a different season? Or do you like them all the same? Uh, no, my, my first season was magical. Sonora Bay. I am so happy I did that village as my first season. Like if I did Sandpiper for a full season, I don't know if it would have had the same effect on me. When I, after this, the, the time I was in Sonora Bay, I remember my, my parents would ask me, my mom especially, so are you coming back to New York after the six months? You know, you're done. And after, when Sonora Bay has come to a close, I turned around and said, I am not coming home. Like I'm doing more seasons. And so I really, it, it had a great effect on me. My Sora Bay was just magical. And uh, if there's any uh, future geos listening to this podcast, uh, uh, you know, on the fence about should they, should they try club med? Should they do it for six months? Should they, what do you think, what, do, what advice would you give them? I would say, give it a try. It, it's, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life in my young twenties uh, my early 20s. Okay, yeah, you just saved yourself there because I thought mar- marriage to Gabby would have been the first. But yeah, you saved yourself <laughs> by saying early 20s. Great save. Early 20s. No, it was, it was, I mean, obviously, going around marrying, marrying <laughs> Gabby and, and having our kids were definitely the best time in my life. But it's true. I mean, I, I love to travel and I didn't really travel a lot, a lot when I was younger. And going to Club Med, it opened my eyes, it opened my eyes to different cultures, different experiences. Stuff I never thought I would ever do. I never thought a kid from from Coney Island would would go scuba diving with seals or go horseback riding or do the flying trapeze and and to go water skiing. And it was just, Club Med was just a magical and it defined me. It really defined my professional life. Did you you also think you'd be kicking another guy's nether regions on stage (laughs) and over to... I no, I, I did stuff in Club Med. Did, I that, never thought did, did that skit ever have a name? Did you guys ever name that skit? Or I don't know the name, but if you're familiar with it, it's basically two guys just wailing on each other's private regions, right? Is that the idea of the sketch? So, uh, the, the, and, 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 and I'll make a very long story short. It, yes, it, it happened a, and um, it came about with myself and Brian Davidson, an old water ski geo that I worked with in Snore Bay and Sandpiper. It was, we were in Sandpiper. And let's say it was a, a late night up in the sound cabin and we just came up. We saw that on uh, on late night TV and we said we should do that as stupid human tricks. And that ha- that's how it was born. Okay. Yeah, because that's the first time I ever saw it being done was actually you. I think you did it at Paradise, correct? Uh, I did. I brought it to, yeah, I brought it to I, Paradise. I, I yeah. thought, what am I watching here? What the heck? We did it with, the, <laughs> with Renato. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> from the tennis team. <laughs> and so, as stupid as it was, and the well, first time I did it, and I, okay, first time I did it in Sandpiper, family village, kids, young. Yeah, okay. We did it. A kid, and it was 
I'm talking about he might have been early teenager. He might have been 10, 11, 12. I wasn't sure. Sitting first row. I, first time Brian and I did it, he turned around and he went, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I don't know why, but the so audience. He, so he guys, it. that kid thought you guys were doing this without padding, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm assuming yeah. you were. You wore padding, correct? Uh, we, we we wore okay. very we wore very thin padding. Did, did, did any of you ever padding. ever miss and hit the inside of the thigh, or did you guys ever get hurt doing that sketch, or no? Um, there were some injuries. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so you guys would get into character, boy, and just wail on each other. From, but it, it's memorable because, like, that's one of the few things I remember from Paradise. I have that image burned into my head. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, kudos to you guys, because that's what makes a skit last, right? I mean, I've seen a million skits, but I, I recall that one vividly. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was, yeah, that was fun. Well, the like audience it. loved it. The audience loved yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for taking this trip down memory, memory lane with uh, me and, and uh, sharing your story with us here on the podcast. It's been, uh, it's been really awesome having you on, Ian. No, I really appreciate it. This is uh, it's great to talk about, and I do thank you for, for asking me to be on. Well, maybe you can help me get your, your wife on because uh, we keep missing each other schedule-wise. So I don't know if you can tell her you, if you could lie to her and tell her you had a really great time here, then maybe, you know, <laughs> we could set something up for next week. <laughs> absolutely. Like you, like you watch the kids for an hour or something, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely, no problem. <laughs> Well, everyone, that was Mr. Ian from uh, Coney Island sharing a story about his first season in Sonora Bay. I want to thank you again. Ian, any last words? Last words. If you're on the fence, if you're a new geo or thinking about becoming a geo, do it. If you're an old geo, just keep those memories uh, with you because they, they really last a lifetime. That's right, everyone. You heard it from the Coney Island striker. Do as he says. Until next week. Goodbye.